Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and still the only legal podcast. My name is Tim Elliott. Logical is brought to you by the Dubai-based legal firm, HPL, Yamalaba and Plethka. And as always, here is the managing partner, our legal eagle, Ludmilla Yamalaba. Good to see you. Good to be with you here, Tim, as always. Now, in this episode, Ludmilla, big news here in Dubai, I think it's fair to say. You hear that phrase a lot, but I think this is an important development. It, it always kind of feels like everybody here loves their real estate. It's a major part of Dubai's economy, uh, of course. Now, real estate brokerage, or opening a brokerage firm, has been recategorized as a professional activity by the Dubai Department of Economic Development. That's Dubai uh, Economy. What does that mean? Let's break it down. It's now the case that in brokerage and real estate, if you're a foreigner, I could, for example, open a real estate brokerage here in Dubai. Indeed. And why this is interesting uh, is is two reasons. One is that A, legally can do it now. And B, is that a lot of people might actually find it surprising to know that it wasn't possible in the past. Because let's face it, there are a lot of real estate brokerage here and real estate brokers who over the years have always said, oh, it's my brokerage firm or it's owned by such and such you know, foreigner and it's his brokerage firm or it's her brokerage firm. But I will tell you, technically speaking, in, in, um, in, in throughout all this time until basically now, every real estate brokerage was not only uh, owned by a local uh, shareholder, but had to exclusively be owned 100% by a UAE national. Uh, so it, was, it could not even be owned uh, as your typical LLC, which was in the past 51% a UAE national and 49% uh, an expatriate. So there was a requirement, an additional requirement to the law that required a 51-49% split that real estate, certain indi- certain businesses in certain industries actually required 100% ownership by an Emirati. And real estate brokerages were one example of that. For example, insurance and recruitment companies were some of the other examples. Um, but yet, you, over the years, you always hear people uh, holding themselves out to the public as, as owning real estate brokerage firms. But if you ever ask for their trade license, you would see that all those trade licenses, they would um, actually were, they were owned 100% by, uh, by Emiratis. And so the scheme that existed before is that the license itself, the company would be in the name of a UAE national, but then there would be power of attorney and a bunch of other kind of what was called side agreements that ultimately gave a foreigner to the right to run the company. But in legal terms, the company always remained to be owned by an Emirati and in all those other side agreements, again, in legal terms were not enforceable. But that was a practice that existed and and sort of worked for many years, uh, and it works until there's a problem. And if there's a problem, then the uh, it was the problem was was always uh, resolved in one way, which is this is a, a local company, and that's that. Uh, so. And then last year, along with so many other legislative changes, one of the other groundbreaking changes was the company's laws. Uh, and as, as one of the changes to the UE company's laws is that was that um, uh, the requirement of a lot of the businesses to be 51% owned by UE nationals basically was erased altogether. Uh, so now the default application now is that all businesses can be owned by foreigners except 
and, the, uh, and before it was the other way around, all businesses required local uh, ownership, except. So now the default is that it can all be owned by, uh, all businesses can be owned by uh, by foreigners, except certain industries. And you know, certain industries of strategic importance, in particular, obviously, state security and nuclear power and such, there are certain uh, areas that are regulated, uh, which still require some form of UAE, uh, national control, not so much even necessarily ownership, but control. Uh, so, and, and with the amendment to that law, obviously now it changes this this whole um, requirement, the previous existing requirement that real estate brokerage firms uh, were uh, to be owned by UAE nationals, and that's because um, uh, you know, the law went uh, went away altogether, and then uh, the individual emirates were left uh, um, to regulate or to set their own kind of uh, list of specific activities that were still requiring some form of UAE national control, and real estate brokerage firms are not on those lists, as, at least as far as Dubai and Abu Dhabi are concerned. Uh, the uh, departments of economic development in those two emirates have confirmed that uh, uh, that uh, brokerage firms are basically deemed as kind of professional activities and they are not on the list of these strategic importance um, uh, areas or you know industries uh, that require some form of UAE national control uh, so um, as of you know, and, and that means that uh, now if you wanted to set up a brokerage firm uh, it's uh, there's no more requirement of it to be owned 100%, not only 100% by Emiratis, it cannot be owned 100% by you. So uh, this follows a, a recent announcement, a similar announcement in Abu Dhabi. So this is in Dubai. If I decided I'm ready to set up my real estate brokerage, uh, which would be called Tim's Real Estate Brokerage. I think that's catchy. Um, I could, under a Department of Economic Development Dubai Economy License, set up an office, I could open a bank account, I could take on staff, but there is a proviso that I lead an Emirati local service agent as well. And I'm wondering, what would that local service agent be responsible for? Yes, that's um, that's a concept that has existed in the past, but it's, um, and it's, uh, some of it still kind of carries on into the new, uh, the new types of companies. But really all this means it's for the purposes they don't have. So the service agent is just basically that an agent. So they are not a shareholder and they're not an officer of the company and they have no control over the company. It's really more just for service. So in other words, uh, so somebody who can accept service, for example, uh, on behalf of the company. Uh, so and that really applies, and it existed before as well. So let, let's say if you uh, if you have a business and all of a sudden the that's owned one hundred percent by foreigners, and all of a sudden all these uh, foreigners leave, and then there is a, a case or there is um, um, some kind of an investigation that's going on involving the business. And so um, who, who, how do you serve the business? So basically right. the local agent is, um, at least historically and now exists for that reason, is just to have a local contact uh, to be able to contact someone uh, locally that's uh, still not responsible for the business, but it's more just a point of, of, of service, that, you know, somebody who can be served with whatever documents need to be served on the business. Um, so it's really it's really that, and then you can you can change the local agent at any point in time. So it's not that you're bound to be with that agent. It's not that you uh, again you don't need that that agent to um, with regards to any kind of decision making. 
uh, authorities or any business uh, dealings. You don't need a sign off as was the case in the past when you had a shareholder, for example, or an officer. So you don't need them for any other reason unless um, there was um, there were some papers that needed to be served on the business and the actual shareholders and, and the managers and the officers of the company were not available. Uh, so uh, it's really just for that reason. And uh, you can change the person at any point in time. You can, you, there's no requirement of, of uh, a particular fee, for example. Um, and it's, it's just whatever it is that you agree with the local agent, whatever you, you, that fee um, should be. And, um, and you know, most importantly is that you can let them go at any point in time because it's purely contractual. Okay. So uh, Tim's Real Estate Brokerage, or TRB, as I like to call it, is up and running. Uh, but I, well, what's really important to point out, I think, is that nothing has changed in terms of how real estate brokerages are regulated. And one of the really important points is that you have to be registered with RERA, the Real Estate Regulatory Agency, to run a brokerage. Yeah, so this is for as far as Dubai is concerned. Yes, yeah, so in Dubai, there is a specific authority that regulates real estate, and that's the real estate RERA or the real estate regulatory um, uh, agency. In fact, it's not authority. I always say authority, but it's actually agency, yeah. <laughs> typically speaking. Uh, and so, as was the case before, for all the real estate brokerage firms, in addition to having a license from the Department of Economic Development, you needed to have an approval and license from RERA. And that's the real estate regulatory agency. And uh, it's still the case today. So any kind of brokerage firms would still require that kind of license. And uh, just the, the company itself will require that license. And also all the real estate brokers that be working for the company would also have to go through, would have to have a, a rear license. And as part of getting a real license, it would have to go through rear training and uh, take courses and also be ultimately subject to a rear kind of supervision. Uh, so, um, so in, in other words, it's it's an industry that is still regulated uh, for you know, for good reason, uh, and, uh, and it continues to be regulated. And the regulatory authority is RERA in Dubai and other Emirates, and like in Abu Dhabi, for example, is the Dubai Municipality Department, uh, and in most other Emirates as well, it's the department, the municipality that um, that sort of oversees the real estate sector, although. Uh, uh, there has been, have been some discussions that other Emirates will also introduce a similarly dedicated agency uh, to regulate their real estate. Uh, so, uh, but in one way or the other, wherever it is near the Emirates, it's, there is always a sort of second layer of licensing requirement from that regulatory body, in addition to the economic department that actually would ultimately issue the license. Gotcha. Isn't there still an exam that real estate brokers have to take with RERA before they can, you know, practice? Indeed, yes, there is an exam and they have to have this RERA card once they've passed the exam. Right. Uh, and um, so, so all the same kind of regulations apply. And that's similar to, for example, if, if you are a law firm or lawyers, you also, in addition to having the trade license, wherever it is that the law firm operates, you also need the, the lawyers in the law firm also need licenses from their regulatory authority being, for example, the legal affairs department in Dubai. And so that's just another example. So it's still a regulated industry. Couple of final questions, Ludmilla. It's uh, time to get TRB rolling, Tim's real estate brokerage. Legally speaking, what's the process from you know filling out the forms to opening the office? 
it, it kind of remains to be as it was before. It's just, it's, it's forming a new company. So you need to start uh, with wherever it is that you decide to be licensed first. So it's, it's in Dubai, it will be the uh, Department of Economic Development, which, which is um, DED. And uh, you'll have to apply in, for that option. And there are a lot of the applications right now are online. Uh, but you would apply for the option of a real estate brokerage. And as part of that, you'd also have to present to them as part of the, the, the licensing process um, that you are, the, the approvals from RERA uh, and uh, the various trainings from RERA and such. Um, so, um, and then you have to find an office and, and have that office kind of uh, registered to your license. Uh, so uh, more or less the same process applies. And um, uh, the, the law is fairly new. Uh, the law came out, even though the law came out a year ago, there was a grace period uh, for this particular section to kick in until I think it was um, uh, May of uh, 2021, which obviously has already been a few months. But since then, uh, different uh, DD departments and different Emirates have been uh, posting their own kind of updates about which industries or which sectors are, are still sort of restricted in terms of ownership or control and which ones are not. So as these updates continue to roll out, uh, we will know more. And uh, this is one update that we now know from Dubai and Abu Dhabi is available for real estate brokerage firms, but in terms of what it now takes to actually open one from A to Z, since it's such a new law, uh, it remains to be seen, but I'd say it's still at least a, you know, a few months uh, to, to be uh, on the safe side of things. But also what I want to highlight is that this application or this new um, ability to or a new, new form of uh, license that is available now it does not apply to all the other existing uh, brokerage firms uh, so that's important because there's a lot of uh, questions that we receive and a lot of clients ask okay well i've got a real estate brokerage well now can i just make it 100 percent owned by me well it doesn't quite work retrospectively in terms of amending unilaterally and automatically the existing legal form uh, so the law applies, but it and and but it needs to be it needs to go through all the other legal sort of protocols in terms of how do you change existing uh, legal structures. So if you have an existing company, so for example, if if uh, Tim had or he thought he had a brokerage or he held himself out to hold, have a brokerage firm before. <laughs> Uh, so what you would, it, this law would not just apply. It's not like you could just say, uh, okay, now I no longer have a local partner. It's mine. No, you ultimately would have to agree with your local partner to buy out his shares or to transfer his shares, whatever the agreement might be, uh, so that you can have all the shares in your name. So what is what has changed is that now he can transfer those shares to you. In the past, he couldn't legally. Now he can. But contractually, it still remains between you and your partner to decide how to transfer the shares and 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 uh, for how much uh, and whether all the shares or part the shares and uh, whatever other potential sort of contractual terms and conditions that the local partner may want to insist on as part of his exit from the business. Final question for you. Why now? I mean, there are plenty of real estate brokers uh, here in Dubai, in the UAE. Plenty of real estate to buy, to rent, uh, of course. But what's hastened this particular decision? 
Well, it wasn't, the law didn't change specifically for this, this industry, this real estate industry, it just changed overall. And that's in terms of just making uh, the UAE more competitive and more business friendly. Uh, and by allowing foreigners to own business without the requirement of um, having a local partner uh, on mainland, which was the case before. So it's part of the UE's initiative to be more competitive and business friendly and uh, uh, and uh, in incentivize uh, obviously more foreign investment into the country or attract more foreign investment to the country. Uh, so as part of that, because let's say in the past, if you were Apple and you wanted to set up a shop here on mainland, you couldn't do it. You, you needed to have a local partner. Obviously, that wasn't going to work for a lot of these companies. And it, and although we have an Apple shop in, in Dubai, the Mall of Emirates, which is on the mainland, but that was part of... Um, uh, there was an exception that was made for them. So, But these kinds of arrangements are not sustainable in the long run, especially if we want to attract businesses here. So we need to create more uh, more positive and more flexible and business-friendly uh, legal arrangements. So this was on the back of that. Uh, and, it, and it's a hugely welcome development and one that many people had been waiting and, and the, you know, hoping for for a long, long time. Uh, and it's just the real estate industry just happened to be part of, of that overall change. And that is that now there is no more requirement of having a local partner. And so, but overall, it's just this UAE's um, uh, initiative or, or drive to be more competitive uh, that uh, they've changed the law, basically allowing uh, foreigners to, um, to, to own businesses in kind of more flexible legal structures. That's another episode of Logical, this time more on the news that real estate brokerages can now be 100% foreign owned here in the UAE, as long as a UAE national is appointed as a local service agent, uh, if you're opening in Dubai. As always, our legal expert here on Logical, Ludmilla Yamalaba, managing partner here at Yamalaba and Pleska, uh, based at JLT. Once again, a big thank you. Thank you, Tim, as always. Always a pleasure chatting with you. You can find us at LY Law on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We've also now got an easy to search library of hundreds of podcasts on all manner of legal issues here in the UAE. And they're all free to listen to as well. To have your legal question answered in a future episode of Logical, or if you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, go to lylawyers.com and click contact.